0: section 13 of the bookman march 1921 by various this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org reading by matt ferrard the bookman march 1921 by various section 13 the alleged culture of new england by richard burton if the adage be true that a man is known by the company he keeps then reading should reveal the man for books are only gifted fellow-humans talking to us the reading of an individual or a locality should throw light upon those reactions to the things of the mind and the spirit which we group under the time-honoured name of culture in trying to appraise this culture we must sternly eliminate what might be called professional relation to books valuable as it may be and broadening in its effect it is never quite like that pleasurable more instinctive contact with letters which implies free choice and joy as a goal a memory out of childhood rises up to offer me an illustration i see a lad perched on the top rung of a tall ladder in his clergyman father's library so as to get at the volumes of the uppermost shelves and immersed in no less a tome than d'albigny's history of the reformation but not in the text far from it in the very gruesome pictures with which that important work teemed showing the many burnings alive engaged in by a church zealous to remind her enemies of wrath to come and furnish them a foretaste of brimstone on earth a normal boy is a truculent little animal and i fear i took an unholy shuddering delight in these depictions they seemed to shed some light on a conundrum i had recently heard which would you prefer as death the guillotine or fire the answer being fire since a hot steak is better than a cold chop but there was puzzle in my young mind too how could my kind-hearted reverend father wish to acquire such literature it seemed out of character i was glad he did have such a book but how did such literature square with his profession i had not lived long enough to see that a volume on the protestant reformation as part of church history was an essential item in his study and thus the practitioner in every walk of life will have books that are tools rather than beloved companions the culture of new england is a tradition we all know that there was a day when american literature was new england literature they were practically corminos the august names of emerson hawthorne holmes thoreau lowell whittier and longfellow stood so intensely for that section of the land that even a great artist like poe appeared a little like an alien though by accident he was born in boston and as for walt whitman when he came along later he was a barbarian in the outer darkness of long island mark twain at the whittier dinner in the hub tried to treat that elder group of worthies as if they were mere human beings and found he had made the mistake of his life they were intellectual and artistic aristocrats and dominated the whole country and boston of course was the city of the law philadelphia had had its flavors in the days of franklin and a knickerbocker aroma lingered faintly around new york for the few who had long memories but after eighteen thirty or thereabouts the centripetal and centrifugal power of the massachusetts town was beyond question i'm from boston had a sacrosanct sound then the scenes began to shift the elder group passed from the stage and as our literature was commercialized more and more the metropolis came to be a place where authors sold their wares to which it was advisable to go for personal touch with editors and publishers suggestions of the past to be sure still center in the hub when i was living there in nineteen o two to five such benign elders as colonel higginson mrs howe and j t trowbridge were yet on earth and lent dignity to the meetings of the boston authors club but they were the last leaves upon the tree speaking several years ago to the new england women's club of that city a reference made from the platform to emerson brought a response from an old lady in the seats who spoke of him as cousin waldo and it was impressive of a sudden the greater days drew near but in dramatic contrast let me testify it is my experience that general literary references are just as likely to stir vibrations on the part of auditors in dakota hamlets as they are in the smaller towns of new england if indeed i may not add factory-ridden cities like lawrence holyoke and lynn it is only the honorable minority in such towns who have what might be termed literary savoir faire the reputed crudity of the west concerning which more in a later paper is largely in the mind's eye horatio i do know of a woman living in minneapolis who entered the largest bookshop of the city and inquired of the proprietor if he had a book called the new testament adding in perfect good faith it's a new book isn't it but let me hasten to assure all who have a complacent attitude in the comparison of the two sections that this incident is not local but merely human it could occur anywhere but you do not hear of it often that is all. The plain truth is that New England today, whatever its ancient claims, is a queer spotty sort of neighborhood in respect of culture. Go a few miles outside the centers and you shall find the raw, the crude, the dull, and the unenlightened flourishing like the green bay tree and not seldom greener. The wherefore is a complex question. My impression is that the quiet country folk a generation ago, when our population was homogeneous and pedigree provable, were much more aware of books and other denotements of cultivation than is true of them today. The lower foreign elements, a public system of education that has been forced, so it opines, well nigh to abandon the old-time cultural ideal, cheap, flashy magazines the motor-car and the movie all are aspects of a modern tendency away from the time when people really sat down ruminantly in front of a book and did not care at all if it took a week to read it through let us confess it even if it lay us open to the charge of being un-american undemocratic and anti-social truth is mighty and shall prevail is it not highly probable that in the old lyceum days when henry ward beecher wendell phillips and emerson went about speaking to the tiniest country villages the inhabitants were keener for the things of the spirit and did not men constitute a larger element in those audiences now culture lies in the lap of women's clubs for protection and nourishment the stray man to be seen today in such assemblies has a sheepish apologetic housebroken look the only relation of the tired business man to letters is through compulsion by way of his wife to please her or perforce he listens and sleeps when awake he always seems to be saying internally don't blame me it isn't my judgment it is a judgment on me up and down the land you can meet males ten years out of college who never for a moment revealed by any interest conversation or external sign of influence that they ever had an alma mater commerce is the thing business has got them and to know the best that has been thought and said in the world detached from a utilitarian end would be a silly perversion of good time and in this voetian state new england is exactly as prominent as any other section Artist folk college professors clergymen as seen by this ruling philistine type are odd indeterminate semi-respectable since mostly poor sexless sort of creatures neither fish flesh nor good red herring let us not disguise it remove the new england women who coddle it from culture and the poor dear thing would perish women are the conservators of literature as the monks were in the middle ages if anybody still harbors the delusion that books of the better sort are kept a-going by the eastern states let him consult the monthly lists of books in demand published by the bookmen and realize the parts played by the south and different sections of the west honors are easy to put it mildly meanwhile let the sweet tradition that culture is still rampant in that favorite locality go right on it is great fun to watch a mood of self-sufficiency which trades on memories and has next to nothing to back them up to take yourself seriously becomes all the more a duty when there is so little to take oliver hertford is said to have defined boston as a state of gravity surrounded by the newtons observation leads me to conclude that the very best of new england is to be found in those all but innumerable suburbs of a city that for census purposes really belongs in the more than a million class. it is there you find the homely old-style devotion to the humanities blessed be the town meeting which has kept alive these tiny burgher communities there is a concord air about many of them the trolley links them with business and bustle but their homes preserve a country tang and a right orientation and goodness me new england has her revenge anyhow it is to be found in her all-pervasive influence her cultural radiation throughout the united states a legacy from bygone days if a first-class author come out of chicago now or from st louis indianapolis louisville or even san francisco the most self-dependent town of them all outside of new york look into pedigree and background and the chances are good that a new england origin can be established if new england be dethroned her children have gone forth to conquer nevertheless it is high time that the notion that she reigns supreme in matters intellectual and esthetic be exploded with a bang so loud as to be heard even in Boston. The facts are against it. She no longer has a corner on the amenities, any more than on the Amen And by the way, perhaps undue attention to the latter has something to do with a shrinkage in the former End of Section thirteen